Welcome to this week's episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together, the podcast for entrepreneurs interested in fast growth and funding, powered by EHE Capital. Hi, everybody. So welcome back to another episode of the EHE podcast. This week, I am joined by Elliot and Ross from the EHE team. And I'm really excited to do this because it's something we've been talking about for a few weeks, and I don't know a lot about it either, is how much is my business worth? So how do you value your business when you're going for funding? So without further ado, hi, Elliot. Hi, Ross. How are you both? Hi, Nari. Well, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, good. Thank you. You okay, Ross? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Nari. Good. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna get into quite the debate today, aren't we? Already, we've had some good ideas talking around this. So, maybe you kick off, Elliot. In terms of obviously, both of you look at the valuation of a business when you're reviewing proposals that come through. Starting from the very beginning, I suppose, when might an entrepreneur need to start thinking about the valuation of their business? Particularly in the early stages, the main reason why they would value a business is they're looking to raise capital from investors to deliver a product or a growth plan to take their business to to the next stage. Other reasons why they might look to raise, why they might need to value the business is they might be looking to sell the business as an example. And clearly they want to gain an idea of what the business might be worth before they start talking to any acquirers. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. And Ross, I suppose over to you, because we've had a few discussions internally about the valuations of different businesses. Could you talk us through the process an entrepreneur might typically go through when they're thinking about what value they would place on the business? What types of things would they need to have a look at? So I think the one thing I'd like to share is is really that subjective nature of valuations, because I think it's probably fair to say that what what definitely we do here at EHE is that we've got a number of people who can value businesses in different ways. And then when you're looking at different types of investors, whether those could be sort of like angel investors or PE investors or high net worth investors or even banks, it's amazing how they look at valuing a business. Now, as Elliot has said earlier on, I think one of the most fascinating things is a lot of our entrepreneurs will be at the early startups of their journey and looking for, for, for funding. And clearly, they may have not landed anything there and then, but clearly from, from my perspective, when I'm looking at it, it's what have they offered in terms of you know their time, their effort, how much time have they spent trying to create their concept? And then you could actually put a value, quite a powerful value around that. And also what their commitment is going forward. In my experience, some valuations that show me that people are doing it like a part-time effort outside of their day job. And that can be quite difficult to value because you're asking for, for cash today to help build a business going forward. So if they've not dedicated a lot of their time and some of their own personal money, like most entrepreneurs will probably need to look at in the early stages, then the value of the business could be quite low, but it's an amazing subject and numbers can can vary quite dramatically. Okay, thank you. That's really useful. Anything to add there, Elliot, in terms of your experience around valuing a business? And the main point I'd like to make is it's a challenging area. I think the way I'd kind of describe it is it's a it's a science than an art to a certain degree. It's definitely an area of contention between founders and investors, and there does tend to be quite a bit of negotiation in that area because clearly you know founders and you know existing shareholders of a business that put blood sweat and tears into getting the business to that point in time and quite often we always believe that something's worth a little bit more than what somebody else is clearly when you start to talk to investors it always helps if you have some kind of theory behind what you value in the business at 
based on reliable market data. Quite a lot of the businesses and entrepreneurs we speak to, they tend to have kind of a gut value of what the business is worth. And when we actually start scrutinizing how they've come to that valuation, there's not an awful lot of substance behind it. So clearly it's always better when you've got a starting point together of how you've calculated the value, whether it be based on you know, a, a scorecard method, maybe as an example, if the business is, is, is pre-revenue or if it's a business that's making profit at that point in time, if it's a multiple of EBITDA, which is based on other businesses of a similar size that have sold in your sector. I mean, because these are the sort of things that we will go away or investors will go away and certainly have a look at. It gives a good grounding if you've actually already done that yourself. So in terms of like that scorecard or the factors that entrepreneurs would look at, what are the types of things? Obviously, team strength we've talked about is one. What are the other things that would you would attribute a value to? Well, just the starting point, this is normally used by kind of pre-revenue startups uh, seeking investment where the starting point is you would ideally look to find market data on other startups in your sector that have raised money at a similar stage to what your business is at the moment. So that clearly gives you a basis to start from. You would then look at a variety of areas, such as the strength of the team, which would have quite a high weighting, size of the opportunity is, is the environment. You, you're operating in competitive, the strength of your product and service, You know whether you've got strategic relationships with partnerships, whether they're all in place, how many funding rounds is there likely to be during the, the life cycle of the business until it exits. And you would, you would build that up to 100% weighting with different percentages applied to each area, depending on how relevant they are to the valuation. And quite often, the strength of the team would probably be the highest, maybe about 30%. Size of the opportunity is it scalable. Again, that would be quite high, maybe 20, 25%. Strength of the product idea, probably about 15%. And what you would do then, or an, or an investor would do, is they would score your strength in each area, what they believed your strength were. Or obviously, if you're doing it yourself, clearly you would score your own strength or get an independent third party or a professional value to actually look at what your strength is in each area. And you would build up waiting times strength in each area and then multiply that by what a similar size company in your sector was worth based on a previous investment raise. And that would give you a kind of bottom line estimated valuation of what your business was worth at that point in time. And I think that's really a good a good starting point to enter into a negotiation with investors. There's some good theory behind it. Again, it does involve estimation, but clearly in a startup, there is an awful lot of estimation because there isn't any historical data based in that, uh, about at that point in time. Well, thank you. I was going to ask, actually, in terms of you mentioned like an external valuer or somebody, are there people who would come in and check the valuation before you then put in that forward as part of your investment process? Is that a role that exists? Yeah, I think there's definitely specialists in the sector. Quite a lot of the accountancy firms do have kind of valuation specialists or certainly specialists within their department because quite often valuations are done in other areas of business, such as with share option schemes, maybe as an example where you value a business and agree that valuation with HMRC, clearly corporate finances. Also as well, clearly they will have specialists in the area that can obviously do valuation reports. It's, I suppose the question is whether, you know, in a startup business, whether it warrants kind of the expense that you would incur in that sort of area initially, because it's something that most investors do have 
an idea themselves on how to come up with what they believe is a reasonable valuation for a business. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably have a, you know, advice for entrepreneurs is have a go yourselves, do some research on the internet, lots of information out there on how to value your business. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're talking about quite a lot of different options today. And I think you, you can come up with a good idea yourself. Okay, thank you. Uh, Ross, were you going to add anything there? Yeah, no, I was just thinking, I think as, as the approaches are quite interesting because one of the things I do look at, of course, is even with startups, but also early build of businesses, is the consistency of, of what people are trying to articulate as being there, the opportunity and how that translates into a well-ordered and well-constructed business plan, but also a well-thought-about financial plan. You know, so that credibility piece, as Ellie just talks about in terms of the weight around people, if that all makes sense, then I found a lot of investors and a lot of people like ourselves can value things a lot a lot better if those you know the story can translate very nicely back into the business plan itself and also the financial plan. If it doesn't, then you know, investors and ourselves will always get very nervous as to I can't see where the value is. And I think we have talked about that in a number of other podcasts, how powerful, you know, other parts of pulling your concept together is, to, you know, needs to be integrated. Yeah, it always comes, seems to come back to the story, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> it does indeed. What's the, for an entrepreneur then, that's potentially valued their business either way too high or way too low, I've had a go, but not quite got it right. What are the possible implications with regards to kind of the EHE process? We They would submit their pitch deck and everything. If it's an interesting pitch deck, but you felt the value was way off, would you discount that or speak to the entrepreneur? What's the process we would go through? Yeah, I think in the first instance, as part of what we do at EHE, is we would talk to the entrepreneur about the valuation and also give our opinion on what uh, a realistic valuation is and the reasons why we think the valuation is different to what they've actually calculated themselves. And even in certain areas, like you say, it's not just quite often people value the business too high. It could be that they value the business too low. And clearly you need to ensure that founders of a business are sufficiently motivated and rewarded for delivering the business plan. So it's important that they don't give away too much equity in the early stages of a business because quite often you know businesses don't just go through one funding round there could be seed funding round one round two round three etc and if you give away too much equity in the first instance i.e be through through value in your business and, and the opportunity too low clearly what happens is during later rounds the original founder of the business can end up with minority shareholdings because they've given away too much of the business to uh, to external investors who quite often they're not involved in the kind of the day-to-day running of the business. That's interesting. Yeah, so I suppose it's around playing the long game as well, isn't it? Not just that immediate transaction. Yeah, I think the thing we do at EHG is to ensure it's fair. It's fair for all parties. Clearly, we are you know, an intermediary company between entrepreneurs and investors, and it's to ensure that everybody gets a fair deal. Entrepreneurs raise the money that they need to help them grow, but investors also get rewarded appropriately for investing their money. And in obviously early stage companies are rewarded for the risk that they've taken. So it's about finding a, a balanced approach. 
Okay, thank you. And then kind of final bit I thought we could just talk through is obviously when you're looking at this, both of you, and you're doing your due diligence on a business, what types of things, what types of conversations have you had with entrepreneurs to really try and understand the value behind each of those things? So for example, you said around the team structure is really important. What types of questions or proof points would you be looking at to kind of sense check the value that they've placed against that? So I think on people, Nari, one of the things that I do look out for is, we talked about it earlier on, the dedication of time, the effort that they've already put into the concept and the, the design of their business proposition. But more importantly, when you start to translate what their story is in terms of where the money is going to be spent, how it's going to be utilized, and where the value is then going to be created and how much time and effort is going to come from them themselves, but also key other people within the group, you know, and a combination of all of those things can actually give investors a good indication of there's a lot of sweat equity that's being provided by those individuals to make sure this is a success. I have seen some business plans in the past where it all, it looks like that we're just paying, you know, investors are coming in to pay people's wages who are the, the founders. And that doesn't look always great, but there is a balance of how things need to be balanced as to, you know, they're taking a big risk as an investor in terms of providing cash, but they're not involved in, in the detail day-to-day part of the business. And they're entrusting that money, of course, with the entrepreneur to make sure that those business plans get landed. So that balance of what I, I look for is the quality of the individuals, the CVs around those individuals, the, what they bring to the party. You know, and it's not all just down to, to, to one man or one lady. It's down to what does that whole team contribute and when do they bring in the right quality of individuals into the team? You know, being finance professionals earlier as an IR, it's not all about bringing in a, a strong FD or a strong finance controllers from day one. You, you can actually bring in the right sort of support metrics that you need to ensure that things are getting off to a good start, but actually being built in the right manner going forward. We always talk about the team, the people, what they put into it that helps us understand the valuation from day one and how that improves over time. Yeah, no, that's really useful. Thank you. Is there anything else, Elliot, you would want to get under the skin of when you're reviewing pitch decks and valuations to really kind of understand whether the value feels right in terms of what they've attributed? I think just to expand upon what Ross said there was he alluded to sweat equity. And I think what investors will always look for is, you know, how much skin in the game have founders got? How much do they believe in their business and their kind of growth plan? that they've put in, put in place, how much risk have they taken themselves? Because clearly, you know, quite a lot of young companies, obviously they depend upon funding from private sources and quite a lot of them are susceptible to failure. Quite a lot of you know, companies in the early stages aren't all successful. So clearly investors are going to look at, you know, they are taking full risk with their investment. How much risk have the founders taken? You know, if this all goes wrong, do they just walk away and investors' money have been used to pay salaries or part salaries and the founders can just walk away and get another job as an example and they've not really lost anything. So you want to ensure that they're fully vested in the business. So that's not just from a time perspective. Clearly, you want to ensure that the founders are fully bought in and they're working within the business full time. 
but also that they are taking a risk from a monetary perspective as well, particularly in the early stages, what investors would look for, if it all goes wrong, that everybody's all, so to speak, taking some pain. But on the flip side, if things go well, everybody shares appropriately in the success. Brilliant. Thank you. That's really interesting. So in terms of obviously valuations, we've talked about how important they are. There's different ways of doing it. It is quite subjective. Obviously, going through the EHE process safeguards the entrepreneur to a certain extent that, you know, there is going to be somebody that sends checks that valuation before it's in front of investors, which feels like it's a safety barrier or a safety net for the entrepreneurs themselves. And I think there was a key thing you said earlier, Elliot, which is around just have a go, have a start. Is that the advice that we would give to people that need to do evaluation for the business, but don't really know how to do it? I think so. And then quite often, that's what a lot of people do in the early stages of a business as an entrepreneur. Quite often, you haven't got that experienced team around you in the first place. You know, you might not have an FD at that point, although you might potentially have a part-time FD. But I think you've got to wear a lot of hats in the early stages. There's certainly enough information out there now to do a bit of research on things, you know, speak to your accountant. Most businesses will have an accountant and, you know, sit down and have a go. Obviously, if you've got full belief in your opportunity, if you're talking to EHE as an example, one of the things we request is, you know, a deck and uh, supporting financial projections at that point in time. So if you've produced that data, clearly you've got an idea of what you anticipate your business to achieve over a period of time, you know, clearly based upon certain metrics and assumptions, but you can use them metrics and assumptions and data to come up with a, what a valuation of your business is effectively at this point in time. So yeah, yeah, I think it's certainly possible for entrepreneurs to have a go at coming up with their own valuation and bringing in some experts to potentially sense check that as well. Brilliant. Thank you. I think if I could add, Mary, uh, mm. that Elliot's point there is, is very valid about, you know, like the here and now in terms of valuation. I think what I've seen from a number of entrepreneurs in the past is the hope value. The hope value is what you know you want to achieve and where you want to get to. That may be fairly short term, could be longer term, but you actually need that investor's money to get you there. So it's not try and value, well, it's valued at 10 million, say, for example. Well, that's what tomorrow is going to bring, but today is actually the here and now, but you'll need the money here and now to be able to get to that. So You've got to be very careful on trying to overvalue the business on, on knowing where you want to get it to uh, and thinking that all you need to do is give away a small amount of sort of equity today, but it's got to be palatable. And I, I agree with Elliot. Lots of people have different ways of valuing it, but do have a go yourself. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks both very much. I think that was really interesting. I think it gives entrepreneurs a really good starting point in terms of how to value their business and also you know as you said Elliot through the EHE process there is that opportunity there to have that dialogue with you yourselves and Ross around wh whether the valuation does feel like it's in the right place and we are very much geared around being fair to the entrepreneur and making sure that they get a good deal so that was really useful thank you both very much really appreciate your time and hopefully everybody will appreciate listening to this one don't forget we do have the EHE community for anybody that wants to find out more about how we can support them with fast growth and funding we'll pop the link into the podcast description and you can keep up to date with all of our activities on our social media channels as well thanks guys see you later cheers Anne. thanks Naomi. Thank you for listening to this episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together. Visit the EHE Capital website 
ehe.capital for further insights and to join the EHE community.